Welcome to another episode of Web Dev Weekly, the weekly podcast about web development. I'm Brad Garropy. And I'm Richard Gottlieber. And this week, well, really this month, we're talking about Hacktoberfest. So Brad, what is Hacktoberfest? Hacktoberfest is awesome. It, it runs every October for the whole month. And it's essentially just this big community event where its aim is to essentially encourage participation in the open source community. So they want both maintainers and contributors to just be active, write a lot of code, make a lot of changes in the month of October. And what's cool is uh, it's not just for GitHub, like you may have thought. Uh, it also works on GitLab as well. Yeah, so I'll admit, I was a little hacked oblivious and didn't know about all the details about Hacktober. I've seen the shirts and I really thought that it was a GitHub thing until we started talking about it before this episode, because everything that I've seen about it has been on GitHub. But looking into it, it looks like I was completely wrong and it is put on by DigitalOcean. Yeah, it, it's sponsored by DigitalOcean and Intel, and they set up this website for it essentially every year hacktoberfest.digitalocean.com and we'll share that link in the show notes but this this website you know tells everything about how to participate what the awards are and it's really cool because if you participate in hacktoberfest you can be rewarded with a t-shirt or a tree planted in your name something like that i've done it for the past two years and this year will be my third year doing hacktoberfest Awesome. So what kind of things do you have to do in order to have participated in Hacktoberfest? So in order to participate in Hacktoberfest, you can kind of participate as one of two different roles. You can either be a maintainer of an open source repository that is participating, or you could be a contributor to an open source repository that is participating. So we can kind of go over each side. I guess we can start with the maintainers first. So as an open source maintainer, that means you own or administer some repository that is open source and it can be hosted on GitHub or GitLab. And in order to mark this repository as participating in Hacktoberfest, you have to add the Hacktoberfest label to either the repository itself or add that label to the issues that you have open that you want people to contribute to. So that's how they're saying like this counts as a contribution. I gotcha. No, it's only GitHub and GitLab currently. It's almost like somebody who works at a company that has Bitbucket should maybe get them on board too. That's actually a really good point. Uh, maybe now's the time to say I got a new job. Um, yeah, actually recently just, thank you. Yeah. I just started at Atlassian this week and that's actually a fantastic idea. I should bring that back to the company and say, Hey, Bitbucket should really be participating in Oktoberfest. I got to write that down. So yeah, congrats on your new role. I think, uh, we'll probably be talking about what it's like to transition to a new place of employment here in a future episode. But just wanted to bring that up. That's kind of funny. You just transitioned over to a company that hosts a code repository solution and, uh, uh. <laughs> but yeah, so good point, good point. Okay. So we've got as a maintainer, 
you, you basically just need to have open issues or not even open issues, but the ability for people to submit pull requests, label your repository with the proper Hacktoberfest label. And then as long as you are being an active maintainer of a repository during the month of October, you're participating. Yeah. And, and you have to, you have to do very specific actions for them to count. So whether you're a maintainer or a contributor, you have to do four tasks essentially to earn your reward. So as a maintainer, your tasks are approving and merging pull requests essentially. And you can kind of approve them in two ways. One, you can use GitHub's approve button or merge button on their pull request. Or two, you can add a label to the pull request that says Oktoberfest dash accepted. So you can accept these PRs without merging them so that it's, that action still counts for both the maintainer and the contributor. Awesome. And you do that four times, right? That's what you mean when you say you need to do four of those, okay, specific actions. Exactly. And exactly then four times. So on the contributor side, I'm assuming you need to do four pull requests, correct? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So and that just means that I can just make whatever pull request I want and it can be a bunch of garbage and submit it. And if done four, good to go, right? That's the, that's the cheap way that people were trying to get their t-shirts in previous years. This year, they've added some, some better systems to help open source maintainers prevent stuff like that, exploiting the system. Um, so as a contributor, your pull requests have to be quality pull requests where the commits come from you. And if a maintainer sees that you're making, you know, dumb or simple pull requests just to tick a checkbox on hacktoberfest.com, the maintainer can mark it as invalid or spam. And if that's the case, you're banned from Hacktoberfest I think indefinitely if your account is associated with invalid or spam PR. So no more hacking Hacktoberfest, I guess. I am curious. You mentioned that, and it says right here in the rules, the pull request must contain commits you made yourself. What happens if GitHub Copilot helped me out? And I just hit tab a bunch and then submit that PR. <laughs> that That's actually really interesting. And I, I'm really curious to know, because the way this is set up is that GitHub.com doesn't do anything specific for Hacktoberfest or GitLab.com doesn't do anything specific to Hacktoberfest. Essentially what it is, is like a bot script that runs where DigitalOcean, you know, hosts and runs this bot script that goes and makes searches for pull requests and sees if they're in eligible repositories and checks if they've been approved to kind of come up with this, you know, whole Hacktoberfest system. These, these version control systems aren't actually doing anything special to enable Hacktoberfest. It's just essentially an application interacting with their APIs to check and see if people have done their four PRs or, or merges. Gotcha. So this is going to kind of segue into a couple of topics here. You recently started a new job. And I know we might spend some time talking about environment setup, or maybe we can get into that now. Because one thing I'm curious about, have you used Gitpot or Codespaces to do a PR before, Brad? I've opened Codespaces, but never actually went through the full process to like submit a PR through them. Okay. So I will say when it comes to contributing to open source, one of the biggest headaches, and I think that this is like 
when it comes to trying to get a project that's not your own running on your machine, one of the biggest headaches is all the environment setup. And this is where like Gitpod and code spaces, code spaces, especially because like literally you push the period key on your keyboard when you're in the repository and boom, magic happens. And you have like a code editor right there. They make it so easy to get everything up and running if they're configured. I'll, I'll put that caveat out there. But if you are a maintainer of a repository, I would strongly encourage you to look into setting this up because like I've, I've made a couple of PRs to projects before. And when you can just hit that period and it fires up everything you need and you can just make the change, do all the validation right there, submit the pull request, and you didn't have to download anything. You didn't have to change what version of NPM you're running locally. You didn't have to worry about any of that stuff. It is awesome. Absolutely. And I think, I think that's very much in line with a maintainer's role, not only during Hacktoberfest, but throughout, you know, open source in general, they should make it seamless and easy for contributors to make pull requests. And that's, that's one of the things that's definitely encouraged during Hacktoberfest. Have your contributing.md file documented and up to date, you know, make sure there's documentation on how to set up dev environments. If you're making issues that you want solved during Hacktoberfest as a maintainer, it's up to you to really like flesh out what those issues are really like make it easy for somebody to pick it up, understand it and make the required changes because kind of the better you can make that experience, the more you're going to foster your own open source community for your project. Yeah. And I will say, so I've been messing around with Gitpod a little bit and once you get it set up, it's great because if you want somebody to walk through like a demo you have or something like that, having all the tools set up for them already is huge. It removes a giant barrier to starting that work or whatever. At my current job, we have on-demand instances where anytime that I am going to make a change to the code base, I grab a brand new VM that has the most current, everything there, all the tools and everything are up to date. It does take a whole probably 30 seconds to fire up the on-demand, but it's really not that bad. And having the ability to make changes, throw away the VM, grab a new one. If I, you know, make a mess is fantastic, right? It's kind of like if, if you had like your laptop set up the way you wanted it and you can make an image of it. And anytime you made some mistake or didn't like the way that you'd installed things, you could just throw your laptop away and grab a new one. That's basically what it is. And Codespaces, Gitpod, they offer this same ability, which I think is huge. And I was mentioning like getting your new environment set up for work, right? Where, I don't know, I'm, I'm making assumptions, but anytime I've started a new job, it's always like, well, and now I get to spend the next like week, two weeks, just installing stuff and configuring stuff and figuring out what versions of things there are and downloading repositories and yada, yada. When do I get to actually code again? <laughs> Haven't even gotten there yet, man. I, uh, I actually did get issued a Apple laptop for work. But of course, you know me, I love my Windows PC desktop setup. So I said, I'm just going to try to get everything enabled from there. And lo and behold, there's VPN issues connecting to Bitbucket in order to download the code. So I, 
you know, as a holdover, I'm probably going to have to use the Apple laptop for now, but ideally I, I would like everything on my, you know, custom built PC that I have been working on for so long. If you could just fire up a VM in like code spaces, would you do that? I would hundred percent. And did you actually see, we'll link this in the show notes below. There's a blog post that came out that said GitHub's entire engineering team now runs off of code spaces and what they talk about their process of how they kind of rebuild all the code spaces and development environments so that when they spin up a new one, it actually takes like sub second to just boot up because it's essentially already running. They're kind of keeping them warm, super cool engineering problem. And then just amazing developer experience. Yeah. And I think too, the, the one caveat I will add is like Gitpod, for example, I've messed around with that a lot. Coding in a browser window is weird. I'm not sure I'm a fan of it yet, but they do have the ability now where you can connect your local VS code instance to that remote uh, machine or VM, I guess. And that is, is great. So I highly recommend that. But the reason I spent so much time working on it in a browser window, and this also goes back to like what browser you're using, but I still have this dream of being able to do all my work from an iPad. I don't know why. Every time I think about this, I'm like, man, this is really dumb because, you know, I say this like sitting in front of my like 32 inch monitor with my nice keyboard and mouse. And I'm like, yeah, but that, that little 10 inch iPad screen though. Oh yeah. Let me tell you about it. I don't know why I just, you know, like this fascination started with me. I'll be honest, Brad, this is, I'm pulling back the curtain here with an iPad mini. And I hooked <laughs> up a full-size DOS keyboard to my iPad mini and a terminal emulator and tried to do web development on the iPad mini. And it worked. It worked for the most part, you know, like I was connected to a Linode, uh, VM, you know, and doing some like web dev work there in Vim. I don't know. I don't know why I really want to make it work. But then every time I try it, I'm like, man, this is just a subpar experience overall. I don't know. We're definitely getting closer to that dream with solutions like code spaces and GitPod for sure. Yeah. Now we just need the AR glasses that like put up the screen with you wherever you go, you know, and you can just like do work you while go. you're sitting out by the pool or whatever. That'd be nice. So speaking of all these awesome tools, a lot of tools out there are free for open source projects, which is great. So uh, during the month of October, maybe you want to start an open source project and you're looking for integrations that you want. Well, tools like Sentry or even DigitalOcean, a lot of these companies and tools have free plans for open source repos. Oh, uh, CodeCov as well. Um, all these things will work for free on open source repositories. And so if you want to open up an issue for somebody to integrate with Sentry for you or something like that, that's a, that's a great thing to do for Hacktoberfest. And it just goes to show you that the open source community in general is definitely appreciated, but very much, I would say overworked. The month of October is always greeted with kind of like these grumbles by maintainers going, oh, now I have to field all these bad pull requests and things like that. And it's, it's definitely a two-way street, right? 
maintainer has to do a really good job of setting expectation and direction for the project and showing people how to contribute. And the contributors when coming in have to do a really good job of either justifying a PR out of nowhere with a really great write-up and documentation or uh, linking their PR to existing issues and really explaining their solution. That's just going to like ease the friction there to make both the maintainer and the contributor happy. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where the tooling is making this less of an issue, but a lot of open source projects, the barrier to entry is fairly high if you are new to the open source space overall. Like coming in, having experience, but not having experience with open source projects, it can feel like a insurmountable hurdle to figure out how to actually open a PR and do all these things just the way they want it to if the documentation, like you mentioned, isn't there. And so it does, it does put a lot of weight on the maintainer's shoulders to provide a good environment, which encourages that collaboration. And I think that piece is something that's often overlooked that like open source projects, you can have somebody who does an awesome job of creating the tool, but to create a community around that tool is a completely different skill set and job, if you will, than just creating a really good tool. And so I sometimes do like having not participated in Hacktober previously, but being aware of it, like I know that like the good first issues tags normally get like picked off super fast, even by people who don't need them, right? That's a low hanging fruit. As people are like, sweet, I can do four of these, knock it out super fast, get my shirt and move on. Right. And so I would encourage anyone out there who is like very comfortable in this space, leave those alone, leave those for the people who are new to the space. Right. And, or if you see an issue like that and it says it's a good first issue and it's not super clear, leave a comment in there, right? Like take that on yourself to like, Leave a comment and be like, here's how I would approach this. Boom. And move on. Like, leave it for somebody else if it's in a repository that looks like it's getting a lot of action. Right? It depends on the project. It depends on the repository. But just something to encourage community growth, too, I think is important. Yeah, and I think another challenge during Hacktoberfest is finding, like, where do I go? What, what do I do? How do I how do I find a repo to contribute to? There are gazillions of them. It's not like you're going to go to Slack and like go, go fix an issue on Slack or something, right? So finding these repositories is definitely a challenge. And um, somebody in my Discord actually made this little app that, that helps you search GitHub and only GitHub in this case or repositories that are tagged with the Hacktoberfest label um, and then it also looks at the languages they're written in. And you can search by language as well as keyword to find these repositories that are participating in Hacktoberfest. And so this will do a really good job of like kind of narrowing down what you want to contribute to. So if you want to contribute to a JavaScript chart library, but you can search for chart in the JavaScript language and up pops actually a lot of different results that if you want to go explore some of these and maybe some of the smaller ones, it might help you get your pull request accepted or noticed because that's another challenge from the contributor side. 
you're going to these big popular repositories, like let's say React, your pull request is probably not going to get looked at in the span of one month. Uh, so if you want to find smaller repos, um, github.com slash Brad has plenty that are um, accepting PRs, or if you want to add features or anything like that, you're going to be more likely to um, get your check marks for Hacktober and the maintainers are going to be way less busy and way more accepting of your contribution. So once you do find something to contribute to, it is important to remember that like the entire internet runs on open source, right? And when you think about the maintainers of these projects, realize that one, October becomes like a very busy month for them as they're trying to support not only the regular project, but then also like, you know, reviewing all these PRs and tagging them appropriately so that people participating in Hacktoberfest get credit. So maybe keep in mind that like, this is a year round thing, right? Like open source isn't just the month of October and then it goes on vacation till next year. So find a project and maybe think about like how you can contribute over the year too. It's not, you know, that this has to become your full-time job or anything, but maybe check in like once every couple months and see if there are some issues that you could help with and take some of the, the weight off of the maintainer's shoulders for these projects that like, you know, run the internet. Yeah. And Hacktoberfest does a great job of drawing attention and contributors to open source projects but it tends to breed very short-term, low-hanging fruit type contributors. But it is at least exposure to open source. And the more long-term contributors that the maintainers can foster out of Oktoberfest, uh, the better for that project and the overall JavaScript ecosystem or open, it's not just JavaScript, open source ecosystem in general. And Another thing to keep in mind is that most of the time, these maintainers are not paid. Uh, they're, they're most likely not sponsored in any way, shape, or form. Their companies probably aren't paying them to work on this stuff, uh, and neither are the users. So it's from the goodness of their heart, the, the, the passion that they have for programming, um, and just the, the ability and knowledge to solve a problem, not only for themselves, but for others. So in the end, um, definitely as a contributor approach, approach these maintainers and repos with, um, gratitude and, you know, kind of feel good that you're contributing back. And Hey, in the end you get a t-shirt or you can plant a tree. I feel like that's something that I tell your kid, you can get a t-shirt or <laughs> you can plant a tree. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to Web Dev Weekly. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe in your podcast player. You can check us out on Twitter. Our handles are in the show notes. We also have that Discord community. The link to that will be in the show notes. We'll see you next week.